you know, you get more experienced and your tones are richer and your life experiences more. And if you keep growing and making interesting music, why would people turn away? That was Bonnie Raitt. And this is Shiro's, a podcast with a mission to turn up the volume of women's voices and music across genres and generations. I'm Carmel Holt, and what you're about to hear is an excerpt, or what we call the Shiro's Heart, from a full-length interview on my public radio show, Shiro's Radio. On this show, we ask some important and tough questions, and the answers are as varied as the women behind the mic, yet have many, and you might say, too many things in common. Shiro's is a deep dive into the experiences and perspectives perspectives of women and gender expansive folks in a still overwhelmingly male-dominated music industry. It's a space where we discuss challenges and triumphs, how far we've come, and how far we still have to go. These are the voices and the stories you didn't even know you were missing. Let's dive in. On this episode, we hear the Shiro's heart of my interview with multi-Grammy winning and Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Bonnie Raitt, who I sat down with while she was out on tour supporting her 21st studio album, Just like that, and on the heels of getting honored with the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Grammys, the Icon Award at the Billboard Women in Music Awards, and her 10th album, Nick of Time, inducted into the Library of Congress's National Recording Registry. I asked this living legend how she thinks things have changed for women in the music industry and where she thinks there's still work to be done. I still feel that there's much more work to be done in terms of evening up the pace scale of women in the business itself. And I know that there's still not enough record producers and engineers that are women. There are a few, but not as many as we'd like to see. Yeah. But in terms of evening up the playing field, there's more women in bands than ever before that I think behind the scenes as producers and managers and executives in the business. I think we've come a ways, but we still have some ways to go. Although you have spanned genres always and you've never been pigeonholed to the blues, but you spent a lot of time working with blues musicians, especially early on. What can you tell us about how it was when you were first getting started and was your gender ever a challenge or uh, a barrier that you needed to push through? You know, for me, I think because I played pretty good blues guitar and that was unusual. And so I got my foot in the door because of that, not because I was so different from Emmy Lou or Linda Ronstadt or the other handful of women interpreters. I think that in my end of the business, which is more folk and blues, when I was starting out, I was just playing coffee houses and folk festivals and colleges. And so the mix of songs that I did, a little James Taylor, a little R&B, a little rock and roll, I was just playing on acoustic guitar and then within a year had a bass player, but I didn't even get a band until after my third album because I couldn't afford it. But I would say that if anything, being unusually varied in my musical styles and being pretty adept at the instrument, that got my foot in the door. So I'd have to say I benefited if I was another guy with the same talent. I don't know whether I would have stood out as much as the fact that I was a woman. And um, I never let anybody tell me what to record or how to dress or what musicians to work with or how to arrange a song. So I was pretty self-determined and I just didn't even consider that I wouldn't have signed a record deal if I gave over control or too much finances out of what I was earning. So it was always a partnership for me. So I didn't experience discrimination, but, and I will say in terms of the blues, even though it's a lot of male artists and a lot of, you know, even misogynist lyrics, sometimes there's always been great women blues singers and instrumentalists. Sister Rosetta Tharp and Memphis Minnie and Aretha on piano. And, you know, there was just so many great 
R&B and blues artists that were women that were my touchstones. And uh, I never really made a distinction between blues and R&B and jazz. And somebody was just a great singer. They're a great singer and a great instrumentalist as well. I I just had a whole slew of inspirations, but I didn't look at it in terms of gender. I love Johnny Hooker and I love Memphis Minnie. And I, you know, if I had to pick between the two, it'd be tough. Yeah. And I was also thinking as you were talking about just the whole idea that you're a woman in music, you never really say man in music. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's true. (laughs) Or a female guitarist. And, you know, as you're saying, like you actually benefited from being different in that regard, but it's kind of this double-edged sword where you're like, can I just be a musician? Can I just be a guitarist? Why do I have to be a female guitarist or a female musician or a woman in music? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, at some point you have to prove that you've got the chops. It might get you the attention that you're unusually, you know, play slide guitar and that's unusual in the world of, of blues guitarists and folk blues people. There weren't that many women doing that. But, you know, if I wasn't good at it, then I wouldn't have sustained it. So by the time I needed to get the respect of the fellow artists, male and female, and promoters and, you know, record company people, you have to be pretty good at it to get more than one album, you know, and my fans have stayed with me all these years, regardless of whether I won Grammys or not, and that's where I know I live, and I, from the beginning of my career, I always aimed for just being a moderately successful artist that stayed with their own audience and hopefully stayed on the road and just proved myself night after night with great live shows. And that the my heroes were still at it in their 60s and 70s, all the blues people I looked up to in my end of the world, which is more what we call Americana now, but it's really just roots music of all kinds. You could get old a lot more gracefully than you can in the pop world. And I was secure that not caring about commercial success, I was going to be more like a character actress moving through the decades and that my audience would enjoy listening to me like they listen to Ella Fitzgerald or, or, you know, not put myself in the same category, but, you know, jazz and blues and classical folk and world music artists are allowed to get older and, and their fans just enjoy them more. You know, you get more, more experienced and your tones are richer and your life experiences more. And if you keep growing and making interesting music, why would people turn away? So that's the way I felt secure from the beginning. And, you know, I never wanted to be in the pop pressure of having to duplicate a hit record. You know, I just rather build my following that lasts. I mean, hear, here to everything that you're saying. I have to say, even though I think that you're right, music is very ageist, regardless of the genre for women. It, we age out or we have a perception of aging out very quickly. And it is so important for younger women to see a Bonnie Raitt and a Lucinda Williams and a Patti Smith having long, vital careers and feel like that's available to them. You know, I think I think that has changed. I honestly think that the wave of feminism that we kind of started out and, you know, there's Mm -hmm. definitely breakthroughs before my time. But in, in when I was in college, that, that whole thing about asking for what you want and taking control of your life and not having to sign up for being a wife and mother if you didn't want to be and then how you were going to look. And, you know, the whole parody thing was just not even a question for me. I do think things have changed. And I think the Me Too movement has changed things as well. That I think that the younger generations don't even consider being treated with disrespect. And I'm hoping that's the case with ageism too, because I see all kinds of film actors and 
directors and artists and in politics were just not putting up with the ageism and they'll speak about it in their interviews. And I think that's a good sign to say it out loud and let it turn into a little ridiculous boogeyman that it really isn't. I agree with you. I think that we have made a ton of progress. I think we've still got some headroom to grow as well. I think so, too. I mean, in your end of the world, too. I mean, I'm seeing more and more when I'm getting to do interviews. It's not just because I'm older, but I'm so happy when when women journalists and disc jockeys and program hosts all over the world, when there's actually somebody that's in their 50s, that still has the gig. And I'm going, yay. And when at the end of the interview, when I say, I hope we'll still be getting to talk to each other in, in 15 years, I hope we still have these jobs. I think that it's important for us role models. I wanted to do your show because I know you champion the ways all kinds of different people across genres and different ages are taking the reins and and talk about their journey and their battles. You know, it's great. Bonnie Raitt is our guest today on Shiro's Radio. The new album is called Just Like That. Where do you want to go next? Do you want to play another one that you wrote? I think that the title song is pretty moving for me and it was a stretch for me to write in a third person. I'd only done it once before and moved me so much when I heard the story. Yeah, I would love if you could share with our listeners what inspired Just Like That. Well, this song was inspired by, a, I saw a, an evening news program at the end of it. They often have a human interest story and they were following with the film crew, a woman knocking on the door of the house where the man who got her son's heart lived. And he, they met for the first time and hugged. The film crew followed in and she sat down on the couch And they were visiting. And then he said, would you like to put your head on my chest and hear your son's heart? And I just, I'm even losing it now. I I can't even tell the story every time. It knocks me out. I was just so moved by what that would have taken for her to allow her child's at the height of her grief, you know, because you have to make that decision very soon. And the fact that that man was so appreciative and, in the face of what we've been through the last, not just two years, but the last the election cycle and, and the climate change and the refugee and migration and immigrants at the border and not to mention, you know, Black Lives Matter and watching George Floyd's murder. And, you know, it was just, I was at my wits end and then pandemic happened. So I'm fully aware that this story broke me into tears because of my vulnerability at the time. And I knew I wanted to write a song about. So I created a story of a woman who was racked with guilt from just accidentally looking away and causing the death of her son in a car accident. And then she just left town when she found out he died. I just created a story where she was living this wretched life and never able to find peace and racked with guilt and regret. And out of the blue, this this young man found her. It spent, you know, years looking for her to let her know that, that her son's heart saved his life. And that's what the song is about. I just made a story about it. And it's about redemption and about grace and about that it's never too late to let love rule, you know, to just reach out and your life can be transformed in, from the darkest to the lightest. I watched him circle around the block Finally stopped at mine Took a while before he knocked Like all he had was time 
Many thanks once again to Bonnie Raitt for being with us. The new album, Just Like That, is out now on her own Red Wing Records. To hear this full interview, head to sheroesradio.com forward slash episodes. Together, let's keep turning up the volume. She Rose is produced by me, is mixed and mastered by Sarah Holtz. Production assistance from Emma Philippos. Our original theme music is by Lucius. She Rose is also a nationally syndicated radio show. You can visit sheroesradio.com to find out more. Support our work with Patreon or merch from the Shiro shop and keep in touch on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Carmel Holt or find us at Shiro's Radio. And please consider leaving us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. That helps us grow and bring you more of your favorite Shiro's. I'm Carmel Holt. Thanks for listening.